Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What is up, Micah, man? I am good, good on this beautiful Thursday. How you doing? It is a beautiful Thursday. I'm doing pretty good, man. Um, this week was uh, my daughter's first day of school, so that's always a big thing. Congrats. And um, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, of course, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I don't believe everything they're teaching you. They're trying to make you a little eight eight hour a day employee, you know. So you gotta, <laughs> I gotta reinforce, you know, the entrepreneur spirit in her. Uh, but it's it's going good, man. She likes it, and so that's what we've been up to this week. And so Fridays mean, you know, it's doubly good because you know. I'm off of work after Friday, and then she's off of school after Friday, so it's like a double double whammy. Anyways, uh, we have a great show today in episode 219 of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Booking.com, all that short-term, mid-term, long-term podcast in the world coming at you from Fort Worth and Arlington. We have a special guest, Micah Man, Who we got on today for 219. For episode 219, humming along, we'll be at 300 soon. Uh, Mike Denman. Mike Denman, who's that? Boom. Besides Who is that? The, besides the greatest um, Fu Manchu we've had on the show. Um, <laughs> Compliments. <laughs> Mike Denman is an award-winning filmmaker based out of Colorado who has worked on marketing and advertising for video games since 2011 and real estate since 2015. He's been at the forefront of technological advancements in connecting people to content through the internet via apps like Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and many others to mention, too many others to mention, adapting his real estate advertising tactics to encourage higher amounts of web traffic to short-term rental listings was possible due to his years of iterating on the process it he has been a real estate investor for four years welcome to the show mike denman thank you so much for having me guys pleasure to be here yeah man so is that is that considered a fu manchu or what is that you know i don't even know i just uh so i like started growing facial hair when i quit drinking alcohol like eight years ago and all of a sudden my facial hair started growing i mean like i was in my 30s and i had nothing i was like able to you know grow nothing it was crazy (laughs) But uh, then ultimately, when it came in, I was like, this is kind of like pirate facial hair. It's just kind of going like this. It's a little weird. I really don't go anything on the side. So it's like, it's a little crazy. Uh, but cool, no, I, I call it just a handlebar, you know, a little a quick handlebar. handlebar. A little Raleigh, Raleigh fingers <laughs> yeah. going on. Cool thing. Yeah. I found out my grandfather had a little curled mustache, too. I was like, that's cool. I was like, it's totally runs in the family. Right on. Did he own a mustachery? You know, no, he wasn't. He was a firefighter. So oh, uh, there you know, go. a little different, but still like one of those badass kind of mustache wearing dudes right <laughs> <laughs> nice man so yeah. so welcome to the show and so how did you get your start in the short-term rental world uh you know short-term rentals has been a really interesting fun world and man i love all the community and all the people involved in it because it seems like everyone's so giving and all this knowledge is shared there's just killer stuff uh so actually i stumbled into it because my uh partners she's like uh, mostly the real estate that she's invested in has been long-term rentals. And we've done the whole thing where you like, you know, do the primary move, still keep that primary is like, you know, what you uh, then rent out and then you move mm. on to the next primary. So we've been doing that for a few years. And that's basically how we started a, a lot of the real estate investments. Uh, and then we started going into like, actually in this past December, November, we were like changing everything to sell two of our properties in Colorado 
move all those 1031 exchange it into some short-term rentals and see how we can make those things work a little bit better. Cause for cash flow, we were really like $300 a month or $400 mm. a month in cash flow from like, I think we had three properties. And so it was like all in Colorado it was really challenging. We had a lot of uh, overhead, a lot of taxing time. We were self-managing. So I was like, I'm going to go over and do the handyman thing. I'm going to go like, you know, paint the walls when they leave. So it was a lot of those little small things. And then Patricia was like, my, uh, my spouse, she's basically listening to Bigger Pockets, heard about uh, Avery Carl's book and read into the short-term shop and all those things with short-term rentals. And then she's like, wait a minute, this is a, this is a total world that we should be part of. Because I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, let's do that. Fine. And I didn't really pay too much attention to it. She found some amazing properties. She got a really cool beach house in Crystal Beach, Texas uh, that she bought through the short-term shop. Uh, that was a really cool experience. And the people who had owned it previously, it was just a vacation home for them. So it never been trafficked as an actual vacation rental. They just like had it for like whenever they brought their kids to the beach and then their grandkids would be there too. So it was like a cool thing. Then we also, uh, with the Joshua Tree thing, we ended up, uh, so Tony uh, Robbins, uh, Robinson, the Tony Robbins, the Robinson, the real estate Robinsons, okay. So Tony and Sarah, the host of the Bigger Pockets Rookie Podcast, Tony, he had Instagram that they were flipping a house in Joshua Tree. And then uh, it was one of those things that looked really cool. I think it was like their third or second flip or something like that. And Patricia was on their Instagram. She's like, sold. And then she actually went and bought it. Uh, so it was like this whole <laughs> funny thing where we're like, hey, <laughs> got your uh, house you flipped. This is pretty cool. Uh, but then we kind of had like closings and all those things in January. And then like, I think I really started getting into short-term rentals when we went out there to actually set some of them up. And then uh, February happened. We launched on Airbnb, our first place, which was the Crystal Beach place. And it was like, okay, cool. We got our, our first bookings for that 20% spike. It was really cool. We're like, all right, great. And then like nothing for three or two weeks, really. It was solid two weeks of just no real inquiries or traffic. And so she's freaking out, right? So the whole short-term rental thing is like, you have a, a new mortgage you just got, the whole kind of level of investment that is like, okay, I have to be able to you know, pay for that mortgage and have this all work in. What's really happening? And I was like, oh, don't worry. It's like, I'll just run some ads. And it was just like nonchalant about it. She's like, don't tell me he's not worried. It's, like, it's a mortgage. It's serious stuff. Don't tell me not to worry. And so I was, you know, it, it's all funny because she was like really, really upset by it. But I was like, it's okay. Give me like a hundred bucks in 10 days and I'll see if we can make some changes. And I took like a hundred dollar budget, took 10 days. And I was like, okay, I'm going to iterate on a real quick ad. And I basically, because I've been dealing with real estate for so long, I was like, I know that there's so many restrictions for real estate advertising on Facebook, Meta and all those different places. You have to really know some of the ins and outs of the policies. And so luckily I was like, oh, cool. I'm just going to click all these policy buttons as if it's all real estate anyways. And then boom, ad traffic, boom, flow of people. And then really what I ended up discovering is that when Airbnb first launches uh, a listing, they shoot like 6,000 people to it in the first month. It's like an enormous amount of people. So statistically speaking, you're about to get some exposure and you actually get some leads, right? So what I'm doing through advertising is on a daily basis, I probably show my ads to 1,000 people a day, maybe 1,500 at most. I spend $10 a day. And I usually end up seeing uh, maybe enough bookings to wow me after like a few even minutes of the ads running. Uh, like my favorite thing was over the course of testing all the ads out is I ran one set of ads and I had gotten to spend $2.43 before I got my first booking from that ad run. 
I was like, sweet. I spent $2 and 43 cents and ad worked. The booking was for like six days or something crazy. It was like $5,000. And I was like, this is like one of the craziest little combinations. I was like, I just spent $2 and 43 cents and I just got like a bunch of grand. Right. So oh, ultimately wow. the, the equation really, when I think about it, it's like, I feel great spending $300 a month advertising on like meta and Facebook. And ultimately uh, I tried Instagram for a little while, didn't find my demographic on there, but I just restrict my targeting to a certain geographic area around the short-term rental. I then splatter a bunch of things out there. I do a bunch of tests. I test out my images. I test out the things that I say in the, like the listing, the actual like descriptions and all the text elements. And then I have an ad run and then what people click on makes me then determine what things I keep and what things I move around. Mm. So I then see which ad images work really well. I change those ad images to being the more prominent ones on my Airbnb listing. There's a lot of little nuances with uh, just the data that you can get from advertising. So like I really just started diving into, oh, as like a data nerd, just like all the different variables that go into what make people click on things, what makes them want to book a vacation. And we all know that there's a lot of variables and whether or not someone's going to be able to book. It's like, is their calendar matching up with your listing, property, sleep numbers, all of this stuff, right? So it's like, there's just so many variables. It's, it's hard to have that kind of like a dialogue really where it's like, okay, how do you get this? But you just throw a bunch of people at it through ads and statistically like law of averages out of maybe all of that 10% will probably click on my ad. And out of that 10%, like 2% will probably book. And so if you send ads to like 100,000 people, have 10,000 people click on them, there's a lot of people that will end up making those wish lists or sharing it or liking it on my social media or sending around to their family. And they don't necessarily result in the book, but they result in someone talking about my property and talking about going there as a vacation. And so like, these are all like little wins for me. And so it's like, you just throw a bunch of people at it. And eventually someone's going to find it that's really interested in it and it's going to match with their calendar and their like, you know, family setup. And then boom, you get bookings. Uh, now seasons change and all those things adapt, but I've been uh, doing a lot of ads for a lot of other people now too. Uh, it's been a really interesting role. Like in, I think May when Airbnb did an update uh, is when I really started like noticing that everyone across the board had that freak out moment like Patricia did. And there's like this whole thing is like, wait a minute oh man, everyone really freaks out right now because their mortgages and like they're just trusting these like Airbnb and Verbo platforms or Healthy or whatever it is to, to bring them the bookings. I'm like, you guys just run ads. Tell people about it. Just, just share it. Just share it out. <laughs> no, you, you, you bring up a bunch of good points. Now, one question I do have, and then this may, and I know this is probably different per market, but this will give like listeners like a, just a starting point. What, yeah. is, what have you seen B, because I know you said you were playing with different images. What have you seen be the most effective ad to get a conversion? Uh, this is the weirdest thing. So I, I was expecting like all these like fancy, beautiful shots inside the house or, I mean, I don't really know. I was just kind of like, I'm going to throw up a bunch of things. So I threw up some external shots of the house, some views from the porch, like different little things like that. Uh, my beach property is like, it's really, really nice property. So like the cool thing is that whenever people uh, go there, they end up having like a stellar review that they leave. And it's like, they're like, the pictures do no justice or something like that. And so uh, I end up taking the reviews that people actually leave as the text element of my ad. And then I take for pictures, like the house exterior, like the little viewpoint from the porch, and then maybe a bedroom, maybe a bathroom, something showing I have a laundry, something showing I have a couple different amenities. 
and then not really much else. And then ultimately the things that people click on the most is the external picture of the house. Like, I mean, uh, hands down, no matter what ad, what area, what thing, even if it's a, a condo attached to a, a building and they have like a, a outside photo of like this parking lot garage and then the building, those photos are the ones that get clicked on more than the beds, more than the kitchen, more than anything else. That's Weird. insane. Cause a lot of people don't even put, <laughs> don't even put exterior photos. And it's like, it's funny because like, whenever we think about it, real estate tells me from all my experience with that, it's like people only care about the outside first and that's what they look at predominantly. And so they're like, okay, if the front door looks bad, they're not even going to go through it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you have an exterior shot that brings someone to your Airbnb or wherever you have your ads pointed to. And so that way, when they land on it, they then can explore the interior and figure it out at their own leisure. But that initial impulse to click is driven up by the exterior photo. And it's like, uh, it's weird because one of the exterior photos from my property, like I hate, it's like of the trash cans and the driveway <laughs> and going up. I'm like, you guys pick this one. It's funny. Herb appeal, baby. So basically you, you're, you can like, cause I'm thinking in my head, how can I set this up? So basically you're taking a review and putting it on top of the exterior of the house. So now the person looking at it's like, oh, this, hey, this glowing review. Then they see the outside of the house. Now they want to book. Exactly. Ah, okay, exactly. okay. And now, that's been the, the best thing so far too. It's like that review combo, the exterior of the house. Uh, it's been like pretty legit. And then usually it's like 300 miles around the actual area is the geographic targeting that I like to do. But like it's changing with the seasons changing. And so like there's a lot of stuff I'm learning with that. I'm really loving targeting Chicago right now for a lot of things. It's like this weird thing. It's like, I'm just, everyone in Chicago needs a vacation, I feel. So it's like, they're actually <laughs> booking in a lot of places. And so I'm just like, for funsies, I'm like, some of my ad accounts, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to add Chicago into the mix. And then it was like, people were like, I'm getting inquiries from Chicago. I'm like, cool, it's working then, right on. Damn. You know, I'm happy you, and I was just in your Facebook group and I seen you ask. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was seeing you asking, you were like, hey, do you know where your guests come from? And one thing about my Arkansas properties, I know where they all come from. They all come from Texas to do construction work. And so back in the day, I used to run Facebook ads, but I just kind of fell off of it. But I'm going to get back into it. I'm like, I could start basically what you're doing. You're taking the ads and just running them to a city that people are coming from. So I'm going exactly. to get to doing that. I mean, so, it's a really easy, low hanging fruit. Yeah. And now, are you shooting them to your Airbnb listing? Uh, so I don't have a direct booking site right now because okay. I've been just busy. And uh, ultimately, uh, I have no patience to figure out some of the nuances right now about like, you know, okay. fees and all that stuff. I'm like, eh, whatever. Uh, so really for me, I'm just like, I'm going to use whatever system is in there that most people use. It's like Kleenex, you know, it's like when people think about a vacation home, they're now associating Airbnb to the vacation home. And so it's like, it's Verbo has been around for like 30, some 40 years, like a long time. And it's like, you know, it's like, I still exist. But then, you know, Airbnb is like Oreo. No one knows what the cookie's name was. It was before Oreo that Oreo is a knockoff of. It's like something with a Z. It's mm -hmm. But it's like, you don't know what it is, right? But so Airbnb is, is also the place where when people started having like the summer release and they started not showing up on the listing search. Actually, that's really what, what happened in my property too. I couldn't find my property when I went to search for it on Airbnb. Like no matter the parameters, it's a beachfront, it's ocean views. I couldn't find it in those categories. It was really upsetting. But I mean, like for me, I was like, ah, whatever. Cause I'm just sending a bunch of ads to the actual location. I didn't really care what people are coming from, but it's, it's, a, it's a thing, you know? 
So right now, what's on oh, my bed? Oh, go ahead, Steve. <laughs> Just one question. So you have a direct booking site. Uh, so I have an owner res direct booking site that like I haven't really put time, effort or doing anything into. So I would just consider it that I don't have one. So what is owner res real quick? Owner res is a tool that manages the interconnected uh, platforms that allow you to have multiple different listings on multiple different listing platforms, but then sync them all together, having a main kind of like, this is what the, the copy is, this is what images are, this is what my calendar is, this is what my rates are. And so you can streamline and, and, and match all that across the board through owner res, which is like very complicated to set up. But luckily for like 500 bucks, you can have them set it up for you. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's really cool. And ultimately is one of the solutions that we ended up doing just so we had Verbo and Airbnb on the same calendar platform. And we also manipulate the pricing through price slabs. And so like everything is this like daisy chain of connectivity that ultimately makes it a little easier to manage. You're not having to go into all of those different systems and make each of those pinpoints. Cause that, that just takes too long. Now what's now, now do you, do you know your conversion rate right now? Like, Oh yeah. My, my conversion rate was like um, 0.24% or something like that on Airbnb for one of my properties. Okay. Uh, my property that I'm not running ads on, my conversion rate was like 0.18% or something like that. Uh, but that's my Joshua Tree place that, again, we've been remodeling for a little while and we just got back like last Friday from it. And we're now about to get our final new photos. We've got the mural on the back. There's all this stuff that we did to it. So I'm about to launch. Actually, no, I already did launch ads for that. So I'm already getting bookings like all the way through like Christmas and Thanksgiving and all those different things. So my Joshua Tree ads are doing really well right now. I've gotten like three or four inquiries in the past few days. And it's only been running for a few days. Now, with you doing your ads and like you already getting booked out for Christmas. Now, are you upping like your ad budget and then also upping your nightly price with it? I do up my nightly price. And I have uh, historically like $174 to $400 more uh, than other properties in my area for like the Crystal Beach one. And actually what I found, this is like, you know, this is a fun thing about sending people from not the actual like platform that they're searching on. So like, say some person's on Facebook, they're scrolling through, they see my property, like, oh, cool, I'm gonna click on that. They go then to Airbnb. They've not seen another Airbnb listing. They don't know what the other rates are. They have no idea ultimately what they're getting into. Uh, but I have reasonable prices that are based on similarities between all of the areas, but we've got beachfront. So I was like, this is a little bit higher of a value. And for some of the weekends, like, I priced them really high because I didn't necessarily know if I wanted to have people book those weekends because sometimes beach parties happen. And so I priced them really high, but yet still got people booking them. So it was like, okay, someone's going to pay $1,200 a night for this. I guess that's Ooh. happening. Okay. Now what, what's your monthly ad budget? Uh, I spend 300 bucks usually on a month uh, per short-term rental property. At most I've spent like 400 I think that the, uh, the sweet spot though is like 300, 350. If you add a little bit of the competition into it. So like if you're in a very high dense area of a lot of short-term rentals, uh, adding like five bucks to where you're spending $15 a day, basically it, it landslides the amount of people that you're able to expose your ads to. And so keep in mind that the numbers are like $10 a day is like a thousand to maybe 1500 people, maybe. And so it's all based on how much the cost per click costs. And when I run into people, actually, this is an interesting thing too. 
on costs in general. Like I, uh, I run into people's ads that they're like, I tried it on my own. I'm like, that's awesome. I have a free like information training tutorial video on YouTube about it. I even published like all the stuff I have like in that Facebook group I built. Uh, but it's all because I want to give as many of the hosts the information as possible. If they want to build ads and have success, they should be able to. And it's a very tricky, diligent uh, process. And so the cost per click when people just do it themselves, sometimes it's like 30 cents a click. And I'm like, well, this is a lot of money. But for me, I'm like paying on consistent basis between like six cents to 14 cents per click. And that's usually because I've optimized them. I've targeted the right people. I've targeted the right areas. And I'm not necessarily targeting like crazy amounts of people at the same time. And so the cost per click thing is, is very delicate for some cats. And so I think if people are doing ads and they're like, I'm not seeing anything out of it. They just might not have spent enough or they might not have optimized it to where they spend the right amount to where Facebook makes it an optimal delivery to people that would actually click it. What are, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people do when they try to start putting, you know, paying for ads? Oh, man. So like the biggest mistake of all is not choosing the special category housing. So when you do an ad run for an Airbnb or Verbo or anything that has to do with renting a space in a house, you have to, according to Facebook, and I think it was like in 2018, the SEC came down on Facebook for some of the advertising practices and they had to change everything over. And I was doing a lot of real estate at the time. So I was like, well, this is going to be interesting because you used to be able to target people based on how much they made mm -hmm. and how much income they had and different little levels of, of variables that are really nice for targeting for advertising. Mm -hmm. But when it came to advertising for real estate, it was viewed as a discriminatory practice. And so ultimately, mm -hmm. as you can't discriminate and you can't be seen to do that, some people have been able to run ads without it being special category housing. But I've seen their ads run and then their personal Facebook page get shut down for violating the ads. So it's mm -hmm. like they end up having some repercussion that is a little bit grander than what just shutting the ads down. Uh, the, the, the second mistake I see is people including like booze or drink uh, cups, like even wine glasses. So when Facebook is identifying any of the images for violations in their policy, they're actually just like algorithmically looking on the image for shapes. And so if they see like a wine bottle, then ultimately you're in a category of delivering ads to everyone of every age group. To advertise booze, you have to limit it to 21 and up. And so you have this 18 to 21 window that ultimately, because it's a special category and you have to advertise to everybody, you have to make sure there's no illegal, no uh, drinking, no uh, anything like that uh, that could be even construed as that. So that's, I've actually had a, a couple that have been of my own ad accounts that have shut down. It's like, oh, I had wine glasses in that shot and I didn't even see it. And it's like one of my clients had like a, a margarita bottle and it was like the first of its kind in terms of ad submission. So it was like a very brand new account, very brand new Facebook page, very brand new ad account. And so it was all this brand new stuff. And then I'm like, oh, submitting this. And then Facebook shut everything down. And then I go through like the appeal process. I've been very diligent about helping make sure that I don't have any violations because I've been advertising on Facebook for a long time. I've even advertised like cannabis products like CBD and things of that nature. Where it's like mm -hmm. traditionally you're not supposed to, you're not able to on some of those areas. But it's like, there's ways that you can accomplish some of those things, still be within the guidelines and not do anything legal. Uh, so it's like with the uh, real estate stuff, I've always been just very attention oriented. And so it's like all of these little small things that people don't necessarily do on the daily, they could 
accidentally throw an image in or if they say the word drinks even in their copy like the actual like text that they use uh it could be that that triggers an algorithmic shutdown and then really the like the third mistake is people shut them off too soon <clears throat> people shut their ads off before they really even start performing and they're like ah it's been a week i'm not gonna do it uh and the thing i say about that is there's an algorithm that's learning the machine is basically adapting to what people are clicking on and what people are interested in clicking on. And so if there's a person scrolling Facebook and then they stop and then they look at it, so that's an impression or their eyeballs are looking at that, they click on it, then boom, you've got the click. And so all of those little moments, Facebook is tracking. And so it's, it's identifying when people are interacting or viewing the images or the text that you share. And so the first four days or like three to four days, that first part is the whole learning thing. And then your, your click for uh, cost for click piece is really high. There's all this like stress and like, it's not working. And then that fifth day, like, oh, something happens. And so all of a sudden your cost for click is going down. More people are starting to go to your location, where you're pointing it to. And then uh, if you're you know, with a, a listing like you have and it matches someone's uh, parameters that they need, bookings. And so it's really like the more people you show it to, the more likelihood you'll have people book. And it's just kind of like that same rule of thumb. But it's like, yeah, there's a few other mistakes, but those are the big ones for people. So you, you I noticed you said you were running Facebook ads for uh, real estate before the short-term rental yeah. thing, right? So like now, because that's one thing I'm starting to get into. Me and my mastermind group were just talking about that the other day. They're like, hey, nice. start running ads to find sellers. Now, oh, yeah. With doing that, and now what was your conversion rate with doing that? Like, what would someone put up to get a seller to call them off of Facebook? Uh, you know, like that kind of conversion rate, definitely different. Uh, so, mm -hmm. like, when you're trying to get sellers and you're trying to do the real estate lead game where you're trying to get like their lead information, I've had it cost me like $7 a lead to like $24 a lead. And it's, uh, it's one of those things that when I, when I really break what it is down, it's Facebook's own valuation of the user. And so ultimately the user who clicks on more ads and does more purchasing online and responds to more and engages with more, Facebook values those people at a higher dollar amount. And so if that person is gonna be more affluent, higher uh, income level and more accessible, they might cost like $30 a click. Uh, even doing like uh, insurance ads. Like I think one of my old uh, ad clients, he was like a, he did a lot of whole life insurance and he did other uh, insurance pieces and he would spend $35 either direct mail or $35 when he did online uh, advertising for the click stuff to just get wow. a client. And so he was like, well, it doesn't matter which one I end up doing. I end up spending the same. I was like, well, I'm sorry. I didn't work out to be lower on the, on the digital thing. I was like, I thought it would be, it's just like, you know, you have to try with all of these things. And I think that the, the fear of like, Oh, I'm spending money and I'm not getting the results I want. It's like, you're getting so much more than the result that you're originally wanting. Cause even on any of my ad runs, even if it's like a failure and I have zero bookings from it, I have all this data that people, thousands of people have clicked on stuff. I know exactly what I need to do to tailor my next ad. And then I iterate on it. And so I ultimately create a new version maximized of all the learnings from the previous version. And maybe a few little weird things I throw in just to try it out because it was different enough to where someone could pay attention to it. That's why I ended up doing like emojis. So I ended up like, um, I think my third run of ads for short-term rentals, I was like, I'm just going to put a bunch of emojis. In there. Let's just see what happens. And so same copy. I just added emojis and I got more responses from emojis. 
it's not like just random ass emojis right it's like actual like little house emoji for like i've got a rental a little mountain emoji for like it's a beach i don't know it's a mountain house right it's a cabin right a little like beach with a palm tree on it it's a beach location so it's something that's relevant mm. if there's like golf near my short-term rental that little golf uh emoji goes into it and it's like all these little things i don't know what people are gonna like but as many Venn diagrams as I can get out there of recognizable icons that people are like, oh, I'm interested in that thing, I'm gonna do. Geofencing. So yeah, geofencing. Okay, so now on do you run any Google ads? Uh, I do, but I really don't like putting money into Google anymore right now. Mm. Actually, uh, I've not paid Google for a little while. Uh, I'm about to start some weird YouTube pre-roll ads for uh, my Joshua Tree place. So I mean, that'll be me using Google. Uh, but ultimately, like Google search marketing, the cost per click on some of those is like $3 a click or like $2 and some change. And so uh, realistically, like if I was comfortable about spending like three grand a month on like my ad campaign, I'd probably get enough exposure out of the click numbers to match the potential actual bookings. And so I think about statistically, like if I need to have 10% of whatever I'm actually like hitting in terms of overall reach is going to then result with 2% of those 10% booking. So it's like a very small subset of the larger data pool. Google is all about search intent. And so when you're having search intent, there's only a few things you can really limit based on like I'm searching for a vacation rental in certain areas. Cause now people are actually transiting on the web to like the Airbnbs and they're like, I know where to go for vacation rentals. And they're not really searching Google for them a lot. Uh, and actually like, if you go to like trends.google.com which is like one of my favorite places in the entire web for like looking at some of this data so like like you should really dig, dig into some of this stuff you can go in and you can lurk for like short-term rental str you can do all those different things like for your master class you can then pinpoint which cities people are searching for your brand and you could actually even find out like the targeted metropolitan areas i'll gladly show you guys offline too and i'll probably put it up on my group as well because like all these things all these weird tools it's like i've run like three different digital marketing agencies over the past eight nine years there's been so much stuff that i've learned about seo and all these different search elements especially like advertising that in the end of the day like i'm basically not spending the large amounts of money that most of those businesses cost i'm just like eh, a few hundred bucks to facebook and then uh, realistically, like with my clients that I end up working with, so I, I started taking on short-term rental advertising clients because people are like, I don't want to do this. Can you just do this? I was like, ah, so what do I even do with that? It's just like, this is not even my main business. I'm just going to have to figure it out. So ultimately, I just charge them like uh, 300 bones or 350 for a, a property or something like that. If they have multiples, I just charge 300 minimum per. And then ultimately, they have whatever they're paying to Facebook. And then realistically, if you have a breakdown of that, it's like $20 a day. And your, your Facebook ads, they go to Instagram automatically, right? Yeah, but Instagram doesn't have a lot of people clicking. Mm. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. interesting. So you... I, I spent like, I think, 200 bucks on Instagram solo just by itself at, at the first part of my, uh, my foray into this because I thought Instagram would be a great place for it. Do some reels, do some live, something like that, right? but I got zero traction out of it. And it was like, not really even growing the Instagram page. I was like, this seems weird, but it's mostly, I think that the demographic looking for vacation rentals isn't necessarily on Instagram for booking, unless you're constantly posting on Instagram. You have to be one of those people that like posts on the daily, that post the reel, that post the lives. It's really one of those like, I'm active, 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 active. Uh, but yeah, otherwise Instagram, I see no traffic. I see like 30, 
to 40 people click on those ads every thousand or something like that they clicks on facebook wow now speaking of reels that you brought it up uh we have we have people on the show or i there's people in the industry that say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to pay none on ads, but I'm just going to go and make a bunch of uh, TikToks and reels and stuff. Yeah. I'm going to do it myself. And then I'm going to get people to, I'm going to drive traffic that way. Now, what are the limitations on that? I mean, is it, can people succeed that way or you oh, yeah. still, you still need to pay for, for ads? People can, yeah, people can see succeed any of the ways that you go about it, but really it's all about hustle, right? How, how much time and effort are they going to put into those things? And like, for me running ads, like ads work like this, this is cool. So when I first started doing social media, I was like, I have to explain to people all this like importance of posting all the time, right? Because you want to be top of mind, all that stuff. Uh, ads do all that for me. So like I literally will run the ads. It will display the same ad to people multiple times and it will display it when they're on Facebook. And so if I posted to just like my Instagram and I had to spend the 20, 30 minutes to build whatever the reel and I had that time chunk gone, It'd be all of that time each week. I'd be doing that each day for those amount of hours. It just, for me, it's like a cost intensive piece that is not worth it. So running ads does all of that work for me. And I don't have to do any of the actual daily grind. And so I literally will post like four pictures on my Instagram to initiate. And then maybe I'll post the other photos to have like a smattering towards like a digital billboard. And it has all of the photos you might see on the Airbnb. But my thought process is also, I don't want to show all of what is actually on Airbnb or any of the actual like booking sites, because I want people to be curious. I want them to be, what does that look like on the inside, right? And so then I started showing less on Facebook and Instagram to drive them to click on my Airbnb link. And so I think that with some of those little changes, it's like, yeah, Instagram hustle is good. TikTok hustle. I don't really know yet, but I'll find out some of that. It'll be cool. Uh, since my Joshua Tree place is near LA, Vegas, and San Diego, I'm like, I'm just going to do weird things that a lot of people who are hip and with it are, you know, doing. So it's like the TikTok thing is definitely part of that whole equation because that's really where a lot of people are spending a lot of time and effort. But I'm going to run ads on TikTok too, and I'm literally going to do the same shit. I'm not going to end up spending my time making it. I'm going to make my few ads, run 10 of them or something like that, and then not have to worry about it. So when each of the users is on their own phone, they see the ad that gets delivered to them when they're there, not necessarily when I hope they might be perhaps viewing my stuff. Because no. it's like, yeah, it's very hard. Now, when you're running these ads, because this makes me think of something too, are you running these ads from like a personal picture, like a personal you as the personal picture? Or are you oh, running like a realtor? Yeah, yeah. Like, are you running this from like a business page? Yeah, so uh, my favorite thing about that is everyone who's like, well, I've already got a business page for my Facebook for my properties. It's like an umbrella page. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to make a Facebook page for your property. And the Facebook page for your property is going to match the image that people are going to land on when they go and click on your property. And so that little like profile picture matches the very first like Airbnb photo or something like that. And that way, when they see the advertisement, they have that little kind of like whatever the corner profile picture is, it's never like my face or anyone else's face. It's always the house or whatever the actual property is. Sometimes I'll have like an internal picture like of the cool bedroom or some sort of iconic thing that's like very recognizable. Uh, but realistically, it's uh, always something that's related to the house. And it's always like create like a quick and dirty vacation rental Facebook page, have all of that optimized, put some information on it, add your link for booking and leave it. Ultimately, I don't even believe in posting a lot of stuff to that. So now you got me wondering, because I'm like, man, I could, man, that's a lot of pages I'd have to make for every property. 
So it's like five minutes a page. It's okay. Five. <laughs> okay. I mean, it takes me five minutes to build a page. It's not that long. You like need the profile picture, the cover photo, and really where did it go? Oh, you're just putting the name on it and then just putting the picture up, then just run ads off of it. Oh, it is like minimum oh. viable product, dude. Minimum viable product. <laughs> okay. So now would you suggest someone running an ad from a business page because they have a multiple properties or just create a, a page per property? Uh, you know, I've been testing that out and I don't see uh -huh. the higher clicks. And so like, I have a, a few clients that have like business pages that are like, I'm going to use my brand. I'm like, that's cool. Your brand's fine. I love it. But ultimately this is what I've been seeing that works. And then uh, with showing the data, uh, it's really, it's, it's like minute differences. But for me, it's like a little optimization tweak of just putting the Facebook page to match the property. It just hands, mm -hmm. hands down one of the better approaches because the what you see is what you get factor, right? People want to be able to see what they're going to and they want to be able to have the landing page be reflective of what they clicked. And so if the advertisement comes from a property management company, I think people trust property management companies a little bit less. And so they're like, oh, this is just a property management company. I'm probably not gonna have like the best Airbnb or Verbo experience. I'm gonna have a really cool vacation with someone that's gonna like really host me. And so the experience of going and being hosted, I think that that, that is an appeal for some people. And so like with all of that stuff, yeah, it's like just make your own little Facebook page for the properties and like have at it. Now people who have a, a like, I have one guy, he's got like eight of the same property type in the same area, but ultimately it's like, they all look the same. It's like slightly different versions, but he has a direct booking site that we send things to. So ultimately like that's the solution on there where it's like, you don't want to send it to the individual booking sites on there. Cause then you have all of that extra costs like per diem. Because each of the URLs, like the actual address of where you send people for ad is an ad campaign. And so like that ad run is associated to the landing page. And so the landing page being like a, either the direct booking site with multiple properties on it or the one booking site that has just the one on there. With the multiples, it's a little harder to capture the people, right? But if you have eight different properties and Facebook allows you to have 10 different images that you can try at the same time, I'm like, cool, I have eight different houses that then can appeal to somebody and it will rotate and Facebook will find the, the most performing one of those houses. And I can then present, present that to the client saying, hey, this is the one property that you should use to promote all of them, but ultimately have the different ones available so people can see and choose. But it's again, the okay. one that produces the most clicks. I love it. I love it. As yeah. being, being an ad scientist that you are, right? Ad scientist. <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed anything that people can do? Okay, like the Airbnb algorithms. Have you noticed anything yeah. that you can do to, to oh, help you get more yeah. clicks and get, you know? Absolutely. Things? So the Airbnb thing, this has been really fun. I love that you brought that up. Uh, so I've been, uh, over the course of like the past, I don't know, let's say eight months, I've been slowly meeting all these people in the short-term rental world who are like giving out information about how to optimize their Airbnbs and how to maximize it. Uh, there's uh, amazing people out there. There's a guy named Stephen Eagles. He's got, he's in the UK. Uh, he's got a uh, fantastic, like get more effing bookings, right? And so uh -huh. he's all about optimizing the actual landing page of when people land based on things that he's learned from SEO. And so it's all about like adding in fun things people can do in those areas and all those little nuances. And so I believe strongly in optimizing like your actual descriptions and adding in a lot of text. People are like, I don't need a lot of text. I'm like, it's not for the people reading it. It's for the algorithm. So add in a bunch of things. Mm. Add in so much stuff about what you could do, what the families could do. You show up more in searches when that happens. Uh, then the images, captions on your images, 
are gangbusters because again, it's text. And so the machine is reading the text associated to the images. And there's another element that you can kind of tweak. So those things are just great by itself. But then like you get into like the people who uh, like do the rank breeze stuff where they're like, okay, I need to be paying attention to what position I am and where I'm going to go and how I'm doing compared to all the others. Uh, I blow all of those out of the water when I just run ads. I'm like always at the top. I'm always number one. I'm like the one guy I've been working with uh, that has uh, rank breeze that he keeps tabs on this stuff. He's like, we're just always on the top, man. Like, I don't know what, I don't, I don't have to say. We're just always there. I'm like, well, you know, you started not on the top. So now you're on the top. This is good. So let's stay on the top. This is fun. We'll keep running. <laughs> but what it's doing is I know that the actual search engine optimization element that Airbnb is using, it definitely contributes view counts. And so view counts yeah. in terms of how many people are viewing that listing, that in of itself is massive. And so like I send thousands of people to my link, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm sending a huge amount of people there that ultimately it's like about half of those people are probably just not interested and there's like whatever but they still click on it, right and then maybe like 30 percent of those people are like oh i'm now going to look in this area of wherever i didn't know i could vacation in and they're going to figure out where they wanted to go and then those like remaining people the 20 percent, so you've got like the people are like gonna talk about it share it comment do some sort of thing and then really that like two percent end portion is though you have the actual book and so all of that like bell curve of people, it's that same kind of thing of like, you know, the extreme on one and an extreme on the other end. Uh, it's, it's really weird how all statistical this stuff is. And so you just throw a bunch of people at the Airbnb listing, all of the other Airbnb algorithm is affected. And so no matter what you do, even if you didn't have like the best pictures or anything like that, you could throw a lot of people there, but you might not get bookings because you might not have the best pictures. So it's like, you know, even, even that right in, a, in of itself, have good photos at the base level. It's like, I think that like, that's one area that I think people are trying to skimp on. Like, I don't really want to spend it yet. But it's like, if you haven't gotten professional photos, definitely do it. It's one of those things that it will make a break a person's decision whether or not they'll actually book with you. Hmm. That's the same thing going back to like, even what you say about it, right? It's like, if you describe your property and you're not saying what neighborhood it's in or what part of the country it's in or any of those details, you're just assuming that people are going to know based on their search of that one area, it's gonna also cause a problem. And so like anyone running ads to their links and their listings need to have every bit of information on that listing that they would need to know about the location and the property to build a book. I have a question for you because you you got me thinking because I used to run a dollar a day Facebook ads just to rank higher on Airbnb. Which oh you're... man. <laughs> so I used to do that. But one thing I'm thinking right now can I, okay, so I create a page, right? And it's like a little yeah. house of my property. Can yeah. I create two sets of ads off that page? One going to my direct booking site and then one going to Airbnb? Yeah, totally. Okay. It just costs you more. It just costs you more. Because it's like when, when you do that stuff, you can do an A-B test or you can just have multiple ads. Like you can have dozens of ads running for the same page. Like I have one ad running that's for new people. I have one ad running for people who have clicked on my ads that I want to have them pay attention to me again on remarketing, right? And then I, I sometimes have just like an ad telling people about it, like, check this out, like an awareness thing. Um, so like realistically, like I like to optimize the one, just the getting people in for most people. And then I start working on the building of the retargeting piece, but I don't really use like the awareness people uh, piece for people. I'm like, yeah, I, I test that with my own stuff. And it's like, it's just a weird thing for exposing the brand and building the Facebook page. 
Mm. But actually, I want to comment real quick, the dollar Facebook spend thing. So this is this is from Facebook's uh, ad people itself. Like I was on a call last week with them and I was going through like their uh, their big demand right now for reels. They're just really into it. They're like starting to pay people to do reels. There's lots of stuff they're doing. Um, but one of the other nuggets of information I was able to uh, secure was if you aren't spending like $200 on the ad campaign a month, you are not going to see substantial results to actually have an ROI. And mm -hmm. so when you have an ROI concern and actually people come to me with like return of ad spend or return of investment conversations all of the time. And whenever they're like, well, how do you even verify that? And I'm like, you know, really, this is how I break it down. Like if I turn my ads off, I'm not getting any inquiries or bookings. Yeah, I don't know. I turn my ads on, I'm getting bookings and inquiries. It's pretty cool. I spend the $300 knowing I'm really okay with that because it's part of the thing. And it's like, it costs me like one cleaning or two cleanings a month to run ads. And what I think about is it, like, I'm already spending like $200 when I clean each time I have a turn. I might as well be okay and be comfortable with spending like twice that, if at least, on doing ads. And that's where I came up with essentially like spending up to 400 bucks a month. Mm, man, I'm loving this. I'm, my, my thought process is I'm going to run two sets <laughs> yeah, of ads, right? one straight to Airbnb, but I'm going to go into hostfully and raise my prices by 20%. Yes, and the other yes. one straight to uh, my direct booking site. So they'll get a 20% yes. discount. Yeah. That, yes. I'm thinking, I'm like, hold on. I can so <laughs> when you do the discount thing, another thing to pay attention to is Facebook will like shut your ad down if you say things like, uh, discounts in different ways and so yeah. you have to be very delicate about how you say that so you just say you know get blank percent off your next booking by going through here and it's just like you very clearly state what it is so don't make it be like i'm gonna hook you up with a discount or get a deal or something like that mm -hmm. using that type of language is a no-no and it will get it'll get algorithm upset with your ads and they'll get them rejected uh, mm -hmm. they might run but they might get rejected after they run for a few days and people might report them too so there's always like little nuances of that, which actually like some of the haters in some of the areas who don't like Airbnb, like actually Joshua Tree is for one, they've been really working to get Airbnb limited. There's actually like a moratorium on new uh, permits to get new Airbnbs. My property got slid right under there. We got our permit, no problem. So I was like, yes, this is good. Doesn't affect me right now, but it will be an issue. Uh, but I mean, like ultimately when those people comment on my ads, it is just hate. <laughs> mm. it's like you know but the the vitriol and that that type of trolling that you run into online you just have to moderate it and manage it a little bit set it so that way people when they comment on those things you go and remove those comments especially if they're not helpful or they're derogatory or disparaging people don't want to see that stuff it's just hateful stuff doesn't it help uh, rank up higher though it does help <laughs> it rank higher it does it does and actually any algorithm will be like oh it's interactions or oh it's an activity even like on youtube actually the like button versus the dislike button youtube looks at it the same way it says oh it's an interaction so we don't really care it's you know it's it's all part of it okay hey mike you you like i said you're the ad scientist right yeah. um so <laughs> this is a side question you know asking for a friend kind of deal so when sure. someone's scrolling right and then there's an ad pops up and it's a, a pretty bikini girl or something right away. And then you go back and then it, the, she's gone and the commercial starts. Um, what is that called? Where it just... So it's objectification. So ultimately when there's sexual objectification happening where we're trying to use, you know, the whole sex sells kind of thing, mm -hmm. uh, Facebook doesn't like that either. So ultimately mm -hmm. uh, if you use that kind of stuff in your ads, if you have even anyone in a bikini, 
you're likely going to get it rejected. It is mm -hmm. not necessarily uh, copacetic. And so when we think about it, it's like uh, anyone doing advertising who has like a product that people are trying to put themselves into, there's a trick that they use where they like will have like the person's head obscured by whatever the top of the picture gets cut off by and they're just showing the watch or the outfit or whatever it is right and so ultimately people can put themselves into that place and then they can be a part of it then they can drive the impulse to buy it so the same thing with real estate right if you're showing people in any of these airbnbs people are going to think there's someone in my vacation rental that's like the first thing their brain's going to cue into it's like there's someone there that's terrible i don't want someone to be in the space i'm going to rent and so i think that like any of those things no, you should absolutely go away from, like, don't do any of those things. And those little bait and switches, like where you have something show up, that's like, ooh, really like stops your scroll. And then you go back and like, that's not even anything in what it was or however that works, right? I like stopping people's scrolls with just like weird emojis. And I think that the house picture has been ultimately what I'm helping people stop scroll with. One thing I did find is that like the videos, which like I'm a filmmaker, my background is in film and video marketing. Like I've worked for video game companies that are incredibly huge. I did like Lord of the Rings video games and all this stuff, wow. like crazy amounts of weird things. Video has always been a thing. Yeah, I was like in 2011, I was trying to convince Warner Brothers that video was a big thing and they should start using more of it to advertise. And there's this whole conversation like, nah, <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> but like, it was one of those things that like by like 2014, 2015, they're like, got something about this and then by like 2018 i think it was like 86 percent of all web traffic was video and so when you look at statistics like that where we like to consume video it's easier none of the videos work for airbnb advertising so far that i've tried so i'm trying like a bunch of different style of videos or like reels and different like emotions different activities different like slides different like transitions all sorts of like little small things to try and see what might be helpful for people uh, especially now that Facebook's really pushing a lot of effort into the reels. Genuinely, you can do reels through ads as well. So I have all of my ads showing in the reels anyways. So it's like, I'm doing reels with, I don't have to do any of them myself. So you're saying that, okay, going back to the, the sex sales thing and objectification, but the big companies still do that like crazy. How you're saying Facebook don't like yeah. it, but that's Facebook all they do. Like it. They do that a lot. So when it is one of those things that they've had at work in the past and they ultimately try it again, uh, there are a lot of ethical aspects to those things, right? And so like when we think about like all of the landscape that we have had and even as, as men, right? Thinking about this process and like, you know, taking a step back. So all of these women of the internet over the course of the past 20 years have had dialogues that were really disparaging and derogatory. And ultimately when it comes to the objectification, we see like a, a landslide kind of approach about how people view uh, using images of women versus using images of men, right? And so using images of men where you're like, you know, your shirt off and you're on the beach, that kind of stuff. You don't really see too many of those because ultimately it's like not necessarily the thing that people think, oh, I should run these types of ads, right? So they think back to, an outmoded process of what they want people to be enticed by. And yeah, maybe 47% of the people actually out there are men and interested in this stuff. But with my Airbnb ads and actually with every one of my clients ads, like 80% of the ones who click on it are women. Hmm. 80%. They do make the decisions in the travel. They yeah, make the right. decisions. They're all the <laughs> matriarchs of the family. And so it's like, yeah. I think that it, it, would, it would really hinder someone in the short-term rental world to use anything that would be offensive to women uh, and just not sensitive or compassionate about some of the uses of images. Um, but that's something that I've been, I've been a proponent of for a long time. Like a lot of my film work and video work is all about 
gender and how we can not appropriate and how we can show it in a different way and how we could all be a little bit better uh, by not using these cliches or stereotypes or these tropes. Mm -hmm. And so like when you have a cliche moment where it's like, that's lazy advertising, that's just all that is. And so that's why they're getting away with it. It's lazy. They're waiting for them to get reported. They're waiting for the ad to get like removed. And then they take out that thumbnail. And then all of a sudden you don't see that image of the lady before it. Yeah, I was, you know, I always wondered why, why like 90% of the, the sex cells, whatever is, is girls in bikinis instead of, yeah. as I'm like, is 50% of this, this world is women. It's unfair. <laughs> yeah. Do they want to see, they, do they want to see that? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, but then I think, well, the dudes, it's been dudes running advertising for, for centuries, right? So I mean, they're the ones been. that are, that are doing it. Yeah. That makes sense. Now. Yeah. Now, and now, I think, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead Mike. No, 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 because you, you, you said something. You said you noticed that most of the people who click, I think you said 84% are women. Now, yeah. do you retarget that? Like, hey, I know it's a women. I'm going to retarget it. And then- So uh, yeah. the, the retargeting part of it, just like the actual regular ad in general, like I can't target the different uh, gender demographics. So uh, you're, uh, you're not allowed to target just women. And actually, I've met a few people who have some pretty successful short-term rental businesses and property managers who- literally target women in states and they run their ads without compliance and i'm like that sounds really risky i wouldn't ever do that but they're like it works for me i'm like i still have 10 to 20 percent men that click my ads i don't want to not have those guys click it that's yeah. a bad idea that's alienating mm. how, no no how would you even do that like you can just go in there and like and how would you do that like run that under the table where you're only targeting well, women? So when you click on like the special category for housing, then all the restrictions come into play. So if you don't click that initial special category, then you have open access to all of the different targeting demographic uh, pieces. And so like you can target people based on like what they ate for breakfast, essentially. So there's all this data that people will put into some of the marketing stuff. But when you do the special categories like housing, uh, credit, employment, and um, it's gotta be something else. So yeah, at least for the most part. Oh yeah, the other one's gambling and casinos. Oh yeah. But like when, when you when you look at like those special categories, the limitations and the rules in there, those are actually in compliance with whatever laws. And so like the laws go and usually the advertising is restricted to like the US only. If you want to actually advertise in other countries, there's like you have to apply for that capability. And there's a whole lot of process to that. And sometimes you have to actually submit like your photo ID and proof of who you are, if you're gonna run ads in general, and there's all this little process of accountability. And uh, it's almost like a very fiduciary uh, setup where you have to be this trusted individual to not like, you know, screw up because you're dealing with a lot of people's money, especially if you're running ads for other people. Uh, so I take it very seriously when I do those. And I always treat the other ones I'm working on just like my own properties. I don't want anyone to like lose out. So, so my thing is, um, all right, so we've been having a lot of, well, we've had success with uh, hosting travel nurses. We love travel nurses. They book for three months. They pay good money, great tenants. You know, they don't cause no trouble. How do I, how do I, how, okay. How will I market on Facebook to, to target, to, to get more travel nurses? Uh, basically, you just want to geofence each of the hospitals in that area that you want to work on. And you have like a mile radius around that hospital. You just find the address for the hospital, right? So the address of the hospital where the major hospitals are would have all those traveling people, right? For the most part, wouldn't necessarily be like really small ones. And so like for whatever area, you might have like a few different geos. Now it's going to get like a mile radius. 
So it's going to have people that go in and out of that area, people that travel to the hospital. You can have it be people who live in that area, or you can have it be people who traveled recently into that area. And that's what you would end up choosing, people who traveled recently into that area. So you'd get nurses, you'd also get patients. But ultimately, even if a patient gets those ads, think about this. And this is the, the indirect possibilities of advertising. So say some random person sees this ad that isn't necessarily a traveling nurse, but they're really good friends with the nurse that they've made while they're at the hospital temporarily. And so ultimately, they're on their phones probably more than the nurses. And then they're like, oh, hey, I hear that you're moving. And this is a thing I just saw. Did you need like a place to stay? And like, there are all these different conversations that could happen that you have no idea about, but the possibilities are open to it. And so it's like, yeah, target the hospitals, even though you're going to get a little like, you know, collateral, uh, you know, patients, uh, you're going to reach the people in those conversations. And that's you what know, I like. We've had patients though, that come, that come to town for treatments and stay for three months also, four months, there you whatever, go. while Perfect. they're recovering. So yeah, I never even thought of that. That's a good way yeah. to, to attract those are great. patients. Yeah, I, uh, I, I do know that there's a few like um, few cool groups on Facebook for like healthcare professionals for short term rentals as well. And so it's usually people who are investing in it and that kind of stuff. And so the people who like the, the midterm rentals and have those little aspects, uh, especially like traveling nurses, right, or they have like the corporate housing. So like those are always like the how do you get those clients kind of thing. And it's really like you target the businesses that you want the employees to pay attention to. And so if the corporation, you know, is a, a large corporation that always has people traveling in and out of the area, target their headquarters in your local area and then just say, hey, people traveling in and out of this temporarily. Check it out. So, OK, one more question on that. Yeah. What is what is a geofence? I mean, I've heard it thrown around oh, yeah. so many times and I kind of know what it is, but what is a geofence and how do you build one? So it is a geographic border that you create around an area, typically around a zip code a address, uh, all sorts of things of that nature, right? And so like if you use Snapchat, which I don't use for this at all, but it's cool, their geofencing is so good that you can actually like, while you're in a like Arby's or something like that, they geofence that Arby's to then have a filters, like I'm at Arby's or something like that, right? Mm. So that's a geofence of that specific location where they have that one filter then available. Then if you step off the property, that filter is no longer available. And so this is a specific physical geographic region that the advertisement is going to be available. Um, I do this kind of thing with like cell phones sometimes too, where like if I have a client and like, I need to get a bunch of people to download my video game. I'm like, okay, cool. We'll just send it to a bunch of people's phones and like, all right, cool. But then, you know, you send it to a bunch of people's phones, they open their phone, they're on the internet. They just get like a little pop-up ad on the internet or wherever it is. They're like, oh, cool. Then they click on it or they don't. But ultimately it's when they click on those things, it's great. But the geo, the geographic targeting piece, uh, it's my favorite targeting variable of all for the short-term rental stuff. And I think that like the 300 mile radius is, is usually like, I, I started that because Airbnb was like, most of the people that travel to your Airbnb are traveling within 300 miles. So I was like, oh, that's a fun fact. And I just turned that into my marketing strategy. And so now that the seasons have been changing, like for my Crystal Beach place, it's Texas. This peak season of summertime is usually over. It's ultimately moving into the fall season, which is not necessarily a big touristy season for this part of uh, town it's like uh it's east of galveston this small little peninsula crystal beach adorable little place uh but doesn't really have a, a large year-round tourism thing it's only really the summer times you can drive on the beach at that beach which is why it's really cool <laughs> you can actually like cruise up and down and so it's like it gets a little crazy one of my 
worst reviews ever. I feel terrible about this. This old woman rented my beach during what's called Jeep Weekend. And uh, oh, no. like <laughs> thousands of Jeeps on the beach, right? And she's like, we wanted to hear the waves. We didn't hear waves <laughs> crashing. I feel like, because they, they like reached out after they had already left and we couldn't really do anything about it. But like, it was ultimately all those things like I felt bad. But yeah, so if you have those things, different little subtle things can help. Real, real quick on that, because I've, I've been going to South Padre Island for years. You know, I, we're yeah. in Texas. We, we love it. So, so yeah, Crystal Beach is up north from there. Um, so what, what a lot of people do, they try to get winter Texans to take over during the slow season, right? You, you already know that? I mean, you already... So winter Texans, I don't even know anything about winter Texans. Tell me okay. about it, dude. Okay, okay. So these, these yeah, these oh, winter older, Texans. older people, yeah, older people, you know, elderly from, let's say, Michigan, Wisconsin, you know, up there where it gets freaking cold during the winter. They come and live in Texas, South Texas, you know, South Padre, along anywhere along the shore for, you know, let me see, December, January, February you know so yeah november december january February. somewhere you know when it gets cold up there they want to be mm. away from the cold so yeah that in mind go target the heck out of those northern states that come down to texas and there you go is that why my illinois and michigan ads are doing so gangbusters right now <laughs> exactly this is crazy. I was like, I'm just going to go more north. And actually, like, one of the things I did is I used Google Trends and I was like identifying like people looking for like that location. And there's like a heat map essentially of like the Midwest that goes up and down throughout that, like, you know, Chicago all the way up. Uh, there's like people searching on Google for that stuff. And so, again, back to Mike's point of like, you know, searching and paying ads for Google, it's like there's the people out there and you might not spend too much, but they are searching for it. But it's like, yeah, costly. There you go, Winter Texas, man. They're, they're like I said, they're running out for a few months at a time, and then and then go back up north. That's great, gets, man. I love that. So, so yeah, now you know. That's killer. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna add extra northern states into it. I think that's gonna be one of those things. I'm like, hmm, where do people snowbird from? <laughs> <laughs> yes, nice. sir. Now you can target all the Jeep people too while you're at it. Right? Oh man. Yeah. And actually like when I was doing all the, you know, prep work and even learning all these things and putting it out there, like I, I ended up writing a book in June and just like uh, throwing all of these things into uh, a real short comprehensive guide on how to do this stuff, uh, which is really, it kind of mirrors my YouTube video I made. And so like when it came down to really like, the iterations and the processes and the tactics and some of the strategies that I do, uh, I'm really transparent, which is really weird for an advertiser. People are always like, don't seal my secret sauce. I'm like, there's plenty to go around, guys. We all can have a very good lucrative business and you don't have to struggle. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that I've, I've realized through this whole short-term thing is like, when people feel like they're struggling with this stuff, it's so not fun anymore. <laughs> so what... Okay, so like our listeners out there, they don't know how to get started. Of course, they want to contact you and stuff like that. We'll get to that. But okay, can you give like um, some five, some five easy ways that you can you can market and it starts working right away? Uh, yeah. All right. Let me uh, let me pull up a, a list. So I, I made a little like a uh, short cheat sheet, how to kind of like uh, what is helpful for running ads. And Besides bikini girls. Now. You know, it's not bikini girls. Though. It's not <laughs> I'm just like literally. No one's gonna click on it. They're like, no, nobody clicks on bikini girls. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, that because I mean, his wife's in the next room. Yeah. Oh, no, no I, I literally see the stats and the data of it. So, like when I when I think about all these things, I'm like, well, the data doesn't really show that or reflect it. So, how are we going to really have this conversation educatedly? Is by testing it. And yeah. I know that when I put any images of people, even I've used stock images before, like of people's bodies lay, laying on like a, a whatever kind of thing, like when I didn't have the actual like good photos of my uh, property. So I ended up basically trying to see what images would work. And it was never those images, never. Mm. So it was only the images of the house, the exterior of the house. And that was like, I had like a great picture of like two chairs looking out over the Gulf of Mexico. I was like, this is the best picture ever. I loved it. Like 16 people clicked on it. I was, I was devastated. I was like, oh. <laughs> they got so Instagram, Instagram fatigue because everybody puts those photos on like nonstop right on their vacations. Right? Yeah, so, they, so it's, yeah. Like, it's a thing. Okay, so. I'll go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, go for it. I, I was about to dive into this thing. So, Michael, what do you think? No, 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 go ahead and dive in. Then I'm going to ask okay. my last question because I was thinking about something. Go ahead. All right, good. So, uh, essentially, like with uh, the short-term rentals, what I did is I made a little quick sheet, like a, a quick guide to help people figure out like where they needed to start. And it's really having a digital presence. So if they have no digital presence already, getting one is the first step. And so that's Facebook, Instagram. If they you know, want a Pinterest page, hell yeah, Pinterest. I love that stuff. Uh -huh. uh, a YouTube channel to have any of the, the content as videos just go up on YouTube. YouTube is one of the, um, so it's the second largest search engine out there. And businesses are make like maybe 12% of it or something like that. Now of YouTube, people can get really quality content out there, but you don't even need quality content. You just need a bunch of content. And so if you had like a bunch of images for your property and you turn them into videos, again, I'm a filmmaker. So I'm like, always oh, thinking videos, right? But I just take my images. I run them through like GoPro and I have like a little quick, image run video that I just throw up onto YouTube and it doesn't necessarily take me a lot of time, but it establishes content out there. And so establishing the digital presence, putting your images up, putting some videos up, whatever you can to kind of lead people back to the listing that you need. Uh, that's like the biggest, most important thing that people like, if they're not doing, they absolutely should be doing as well. Um, I have a couple more things for you, but do you guys have any questions on that before I scroll down? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I'll miss you. Yeah, all right, hold on, get to the next page. Uh, so we made a, a two-pager, essentially, like um, how to do short-term rental advertising. Um, so like realistically, if they don't have uh, Google My Business, that's also another one that is uh, killer to have. So actually I had to go, I had to Google My Business, my first property, because it didn't even show up in Crystal Beach on Airbnb's system that showed up in Galveston, which is like 18 minutes away on a ferry ride across the bay. And so I was like, this is not going to do. And I had a huge problem where they wouldn't necessarily update it. I had to change and actually add my property onto Google My Business based on the actual GPS location of the house. And so I had to physically add in like the latitude and longitude, send that off to Airbnb and get that in there. But the only way it really worked is because I updated Google Maps by creating the Google My Business that had the actual place added to Google Maps. And so then Google Maps is then used by Airbnb to verify the location, if that makes sense. Wow. And so using Google My Business, I was able to Band-Aid or actually really kind of, you know, prevent any issues with people finding my place in the first place. But it also gives me another opportunity to add a bunch of photos and 
other things up there and my link to book and everything that goes along with things on Google. And that also does have an appeal where it could be like a direct booking site. If someone is searching, right, Micah, this is another thing for that, right? So someone's searching and you got a lot of Google My Business photos that have a lot of things in it that people would search for for your properties, then you will likely come up in those Google searches without having to spend money on Google Business, right? Mm. Yeah, that's it's like Google it's My a Business. Hustle. Mm-hmm. So like that's another one that I think is really powerful. Uh, so then the other thing I think is really cool is doing the local guides and tips. So of the local guides and tips, like the things to do in the area, like if you have a place in some part of the country that no one has ever been to, what are they going to do there? I don't know. They don't know. You got to tell them. No, no. Have you, uh, no, I just did this today. Oh yeah. I created, well, no, no. I created the Instagram guide. Oh yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did today. I created the Instagram guide. Uh, I was talking to Mark Simpson at Boostly. Oh yeah, like, good. To, he goes, man, you need to create a guide. And so when I went, I'm like, let me test this thing out, right? So I went into my 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 branded Instagram page with all my stuff, yep. and I was like, you can create a guide for every city that you're in. And then when they go to it, they click on it. They're like, oh, you do all this in the city. So I'm getting somebody off Fiverr to create a bunch of guides it's for every. So city. good. Yeah, yeah, I was dude. like, oh, man, this is powerful. I didn't know about that. Mark is so great. Like, that guy <laughs> is gangbusters. I mean, like, you know, the, the, the direct booking stuff and all those little things that he does. Uh, some of the things I think that uh, when we talk about, like, all these different little nuances to do, not any one way is the best. It's always yeah. like, you know, there's a lot of little things out there that you can do, small things you can tweak. There's no one solution for it. Like, I have one guy I've been helping with ads. Like, we cannot get a single inquiry, no matter how many ads we run, for his property. In the Cape Coral, Florida. I was like, who the hell goes to Cape Coral, Florida? What's in Cape Coral, Florida? I don't know what's in Cape Coral, Florida. And so like I had him like gather all the things that people could do in the area and put that into his, his listing. So it's like, you know, there's little elements of like, well, we'll try new added stuff to see if it will help people book there. But it's like, you know, this weird, weird stuff. So if anyone else is in Cape Coral, Florida, like I want to talk. I have some serious issues and questions about what's <laughs> happening in that area. Come on. Let's dialogue this. <laughs> I'm having you been thinking because that, that actually kind of leads into my next question. If, okay, so let's say we're in a market that's like saturated with Airbnb rentals. We'll use Houston, for example. Let's Houston, say, good. Yeah, Houston, for example. Could, now, could I, now it's just saturated, right? Would I have a market advantage if I just start running, I don't know, $200 a month, $300 a month Facebook ads on the properties that I have? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like if you run at least $200 a month, you'll have a market increase of potential bookings. And you'll also beat a lot of your competition who's not advertising. And the great thing about advertising is even though there's only like a certain amount of people that you're going to run the ad to and show it to, there's millions of people. And there's so many people who are interested in vacationing. And some of the people don't even know that they want a vacation in the area that you're going to. So when you start running ads, say like I'm running a lot of ads in uh, Oklahoma right now for my Texas property as well. Right. So Oklahoma, uh, I've had some weird experiences with the Eastern part of Oklahoma for sure. But like Oklahoma city, I get really decent bookings out of. And so I'm like, okay, this area seems really good. And I'm just going to keep it going. But I wouldn't have really discovered that had I not just like splattered a lot of different ads over a bunch of different States and doing like full statewide, like not just Texas. Right like Louisiana, all the way around, like all of them border the actual state that you're in. Nope. Even though your ads are going to be a little diluted, a little bit diluted, you're going to show 
up in different cities where people are going to click. And then your next run, you target the cities that people clicked in of those states that you ran. And then you're like drilling it down, right? So you use like wide spaghetti test and then you shoot it in small areas. So like you'll be, if you, especially if you actually put the ads to your Airbnb listing, you'll not only juice your Airbnb listing with all the rank goodness that comes with a bunch of people looking at it. And so that listing in itself on the platform will have a lot of activity. And you can do this with any of the platforms. And so like, if I want my Verbo to be good, which I don't send any of my ads to Verbo like ever, I'm just not interested in it. It's like, it's more complicated. I'm like, I'm just sending them to Airbnb. Again, it's that Kleenex thing. But for, for a lot of this stuff, you run a little bit of ads, you'll get more traction than anyone else out there. And if you do like $20 a day, and you're spending 400 bucks or something like that, uh, 500, I mean, like you really blow out of the water. But like, if you have a really good property, like you're like, I have a $2.4 million short-term rental that I want to be able to like really book. And I'm going to charge people X amount of money. It's me this ridiculous experience, right? Like I'll be really happy spending $500 a month when I'm advertising that. And I'll feel like no sweat about it. Mm. Nice. So you're number four on the list after local guides and tips. What did you have next for us? All right. So yeah, local guides and tips and boom. Uh, really my best favorite thing which i already mentioned professional photos so yeah so like my fifth thing really on here is professional photos uh when you go into any of these photo kind of situations and you're working with a photographer uh the best thing to do is to see how well they photograph the outside of the house and that is for your advertisement going to be the most important thing and if it's a drone shot like a drone photo above the house looking out over it that's like the better version of any of those shots. Mm. So most of the places I advertise in the Smokies, when they have those drone shots overlooking those giant mountains and everything like that, wow. those are killer. People love those things. And then really the other thing though, is just get really comfortable, good looking chairs that overlook whatever the Vista is. So that way people are like, they look like they're comfortable things when they see the photos. And I think that that's another thing we had to do as well. For our Joshua Tree place, we worked with this woman whose name is Dawn Asher. She has this company called the Olive Jar. And uh, she basically goes in and helps you design not only the actual aesthetics of the house and the interior, but like experiences. And so like little kind of like moments where you can have like a reading nook and you have this little book that you can kind of pull out and there's all these little things. There's a journal type thing. So there's all this kind of like reflection stuff that we did for Joshua Tree's place specifically, um, but also like even the actual like chairs and sitting areas so those comfortable things now that i have better pictures of more comfortable chairs on my outside i'm going to feel better about using one of my exterior shots of the views of the desert for that otherwise i'm like it doesn't look like it's a comfortable chair to sit on some sort of like wood thing right out there so that's mm -hmm. another thing when you think about the pictures what goes in the picture and so if it if, if it's not aesthetically pleasing in terms of like the uh, the content of what is in there and the way in which the photo is taken, that might be a challenge as well. So this is why it's like professional photos and having like a professional designer, if you can afford that kind of thing, uh, is killer. And if you can't afford that, watch a bunch of YouTube videos about how to stage a house and having those kind of things for when you want to make a real estate property sell. Those are the same kind of little tidbits of success for short-term rental stuff. Cool, cool. Yeah, five. Number five. Love it, man. 
<laughs> so that is that the quick little sheet right there that's the total sheet uh well i mean i have a bunch of stuff on here it's like are you ready to send traffic it talks about developing the ad campaign uh, i can send you guys this so you can give it away to people too so it's like i was charging nice. like seven bucks for this on my website but uh gladly shoot you guys you can just send it out to everyone for free it also goes in there and it has like things like the region where you want to target the type of uh, interests that you want to target, which I always choose vacation rental and holiday cottage. Those are the mm. two demographics uh, for targeting. Actually, like that's like the secret sauce kind of thing right there where you want to like, you want to really target people who are interested in vacationing. If, uh, well, actually not all ad accounts have access to some of these things because I spent a lot of money on Facebook. I have access to potential traveler reach it's uh, kind of a beta thing Facebook is trying out, but it might be available for everyone else potentially, but people who might be traveling are getting my ads as part of that thing too. And some of my ad accounts have that, but a lot of them don't. And so if you at least can target by vacation rentals or holiday cottage, which you can, and that's in the detailed targeting under the audience section, which is underneath the map, if you're looking at the actual ad thing. And if again, anyone has any questions on how to do this stuff, my 37-minute video on YouTube is pretty uh, comprehensive, and I start talking about how to actually build the ads at like four minutes in or something like that. And so if you can yeah. handle me rambling about a bunch of ad science <laughs> stuff for a little while, it's, uh, it's a little weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I have like the demographic restrictions that you really don't want to change. And then my findings are women who are 35 up uh, are the ones who typically are the ones who respond. Men 35 up, it's like the 10%. I don't really break down the percentage of those because it's like, that's just what I found. But as I've run ads all over the country now, and I have like, I don't know, it's like 20 different short-term rentals now. I know when I first started talking to you guys, I had like seven. So now I have like a, a lot more I'm doing advertising for. So I have a lot more data and it's all really correlating to mostly women are booking. So don't do any kind of, uh, you know, hateful things that women wouldn't like in your photos and i'm sure that they'll also book your place as well so you know if it's super man cavey might not necessarily go down i don't know <laughs> that's that's man so much great advice dude and i, I know what people right now are listening are like uh, you know what i've got a, a page of notes but i'm just gonna i'm just gonna call mike let him do it yeah. i'm just gonna give him because i there's no way i can do all this stuff and that's great man you're the but expert they, yeah and they can do it too i mean a lot of times it's like time really if they don't have the time for it it's like it, it's a factor uh but yeah i mean like happy to invite them uh my facebook group i think it's called short-term rental marketing advice powered by bta uh my company is better than awesome so i just like throw that in there but i mean really it's funny as a as a not even my day job kind of job thing uh short-term rentals started taking over more of my world this summer so it's like all of these uh all of these things it's a lot of opportunity to help people and they can make money and I'm making money and everyone's really in this win-win-win kind of position, especially when the person vacationing is like, I had the glorious vacation I've always wanted and I absolutely needed this trip. And so you get all those kind of good joy feelings from it too. So yeah, I love it. I'm happy to help that, anyone that is too. Cool. That is cool. And where can people reach you personally? Uh, so I'm, I don't know, just uh, uh, Mike Denman. I'm just Mike at betterthanawesome.com. I, uh, my phone number, if you want that, is crazy, but I've got my Google voice number. You can text me, uh, 720-336-1792. Uh, you know, ultimately with a lot of these things, if people find me on uh, Facebook usually, so just facebook.com slash Mike.Denman, D-E-N-M-A-N. That is the, uh, the main way that most people for short-term rentals have been hitting me up. 
Um, but yeah, I'm really accessible online. I'm kind of everywhere. So if you find me on Twitter, I'm Mike Devious. I'm also Mike Devious on uh, Instagram, but my Better Than Awesome brand can be found there as well. And then yesterday I bought stradvertising.com. And so uh, I'm probably oh, going to have a like, uh, oh, I know. It's a good one, man. That's a good one. It was $12. I was like, okay. What? I was like, how does no one else have a book about this yet? <laughs> no one else have this website yet. Like, this is a whole thing that's been around long enough. That's a like, good site. crazy. I was like, this is crazy, right? So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to do stradvertising.com. So that'll be like a, the, the brand right now. And it's pointed just to my better than awesome page about short-term rentals. So like, if you go to stradvertising.com, I guess that's the quick and dirty answer to how to find me. Uh, so, I mean, like, that's not even my brand, but you know, it will be, I guess. And I'll just, I'll make a whole new business about it. But I mean, that's a whole new thing. <laughs> Google, I just typed it in, man. That was a good, that was a good find yeah. right there. STR <laughs> advertising. That was a good find. I originally was going to go with strads.com, but it was like $60. And I was like, someone else owns it. And I have to go through a brokerage thing. I was like, that mm. sounds exhausting. But then, you know, luckily Google domains, 12 bucks. I'm down. So I bought it for like the next few years. I was like, yeah, this is a business. I'm definitely going to run for a long time. So I'm going to oh, be a short-term rental host for a long time. May as well yeah, just yeah. kind of go with it. So you just threw one in there real quick. Google, uh, Google, what did you say? Google what? Um, sorry. To, Google to domains? Uh, domains. Google domains yeah. instead of GoDaddy. I mean, is that Yeah, the so I don't like GoDaddy in general. And when I ran like a, an SEO agency doing like a lot of web stuff, I really found that GoDaddy slowed people's websites down because you're all sharing a server that ultimately is a little challenging. And then the rates that they charge for some of the actual like uh, URLs, like the website names, the domains are like a third more expensive than just buying them from Google. So I just buy all my domains from Google and it's like a nominal fee. And ultimately it's not necessarily anything that I have to worry too much about. And do they have like templates you can like start off a website right away with? Uh, Google business has like weird little business website pages. They're like Google my business sites. Uh, mm -hmm. I haven't really tried those for this thing, but you can map whatever domain that you've bought to that or to your Facebook page or to your Airbnb listing or really wherever. And so ultimately if you have a web link, web URL, you can put anywhere and anything up on it. Um, but yeah, I think okay. for like website stuff, ultimately, uh, using the, the domain on my owner res direct booking site uh, for my property domain might be ultimately what I ended up doing for that. Uh, but for like the overall, like, you know, regular person out there, they're not really going to buy a domain for their uh, listing unless they're doing a direct booking site. And if they have the direct booking site and they don't have it under their own domain matching like what their property's name is, uh, people don't recognize it's the same thing and so you have to do a, a matching of the name and the brand places and that's really all you have to worry about cool man well thank you so much mike denman for hopping yeah. on this show and blowing us away i got i got two full pages of notes over here but so <laughs> you're now an ad scientist yourself yeah, steve ad scientist man <laughs> i need my smock um that's good well, well thank you for hopping on again that's great fu manchu you got going on there uh <laughs> Appreciate it. You, yeah, you've really you so blown us away and, and we hopefully we can you know a, a lot of our listeners will reach out to you and uh, we're going to reach out to you for sure we, we yeah, i mean well, uh, i'm happy to talk and i think that there's a there's a lot of things that doing a little bit of advertising can help teach anyone especially when it comes to the market research side of it that no one really knew that that can be a part of it you can learn so much by doing a little bit of ad money yeah and i've uh, i've already joined your facebook group so i'll be in touch with you for sure i'll go ahead and i'll add you <laughs> 
Yeah, we need help uh, sprucing up our um, uh, Live, Let, Thrive YouTube page, too. Maybe you can help oh, with man, that. Dude. I started working on YouTube when, like, a year after it came out. And it was one of those things that I, uh, I've loved manipulating YouTube for business success and for people's reach for a long time. Mm-hmm. I have worked with so many YouTubers and so many cool big name YouTubers. That it's, uh, it's really cool and humbling. But I think that, like, in the end of the day, uh, when you've got millions and millions of views on YouTube and I'm like, I, my name's not even on a lot of the stuff I've done. It's like crazy, but there's <laughs> ways that you can make it. So that way you get the large amount of people paying attention to your YouTube and you guys got good stuff. So I think it'd be great. It'd be gangbusters place to optimize. Sweet. We will get in touch yeah. you, with you shortly. Thanks man for hopping on all the luck. And um, yeah, we'll see well, you soon. Many thanks. Appreciate you guys. Have a great one. Thanks for having Thank me. You. Cheers. See Bye. ya. Man, that was a really, really good episode. I had a whole bunch of questions. I already got my whole marching orders for next week. So uh, I'm pretty happy about the Google thing. So our Facebook thing, I'm about to definitely. And it's crazy. I used to do Facebook ads and I noticed I used to watch my views go all the way up on on Airbnb. And I don't know why I got away from it. I forgot what happened, man. But I'm going to definitely hop back to it. I already created a game plan for it while over here. I was typing up a game plan. So I'm definitely, this is exciting. Yeah, really eye-opening. A lot of things he said. I guess the number one thing that came that I got out of it is is people do they give up too early. That you know they mm-hmm. they 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 run them for a little while. They're like, oh crap, you know nothing's happening. I'm I'm wasting money. Yeah, screw this. You know, five days later they quit. Whereas I didn't know that it, the algorithm has to figure you out and figure out your ads and see, and then it'll start getting traction. And that's just when it's starting to get going, and people cut it off at that point, right? Yep. That's like, you know, asking a girl out for a few dates and then you're not getting nothing. And then you're like, screw this. You know, maybe you're just needing to warm her up towards. No, I don't know. If you're <laughs> full blown Urkel, man. <laughs> hey, after one or two no's, man, it might be time to move on, man. <laughs> you might start catching stalker truck. <laughs> don't take don't take her to Sizzler on day one. That's all I'm saying, man. You know? Starbucks, work your way up, McDonald's, you know. Oh, man. <laughs> All about the algorithm, man. The algorithm. But, yeah, man, this is a really good episode. I, I loved it because, you know, I'm all about direct booking. So I was like, oh, snap. When he started talking about ads, I'm I'm in there because I've been doing MailChimp stuff this whole week, setting up my chat bots, all that good stuff. So, yeah, this is a really good episode, man. So, uh, yeah, man, Stevie Stacks, how's it been on your world before you take us out? Uh, been going, going good, man. Just, uh, busy, busy, like always getting more properties up and running, um, getting, uh, more, um, you know, I'm probably going to buy another property pretty soon. So it's, it's go. been going, it's been going good, man. Um, yeah, winter, I mean, you know, the slow season's coming a little bit, but we're, so we're trying to figure out how to, how to, uh, up, up our bookings for the slow season. And this comes at the perfect time, man. It's funny how this show works for us. <laughs> you know, in particular, because we were figuring out, okay, screw Airbnb, we're getting off this stupid platform, whatever. And then Mark Simpson hops on our show and tells us all about um, Boostly and direct bookings. Oh, shit, let's get that. Okay, now what do we do? Now we want to push everybody to our direct booking site. Mike Dunman hops on our show and says how to do that with marketing. And like, holy crap, this whole show is guiding our businesses. And that's pretty freaking cool. The universe is aligning, man. We said fuck Airbnb and the universe is with us. Now I'm joking. (laughs) We love you, Airbnb. You you done a lot for us. We appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Took a lot of money out of our pocket. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. We love Airbnb, kind of. 
but yeah, yeah man, this is, this is really cool. That's what I love about this show, man. You always find something that's going to help your business, man. That's I love it. And I hope that our fans got a lot of value out of that because that was a lot of value. I loved it. All right. Where can people find us, Micah? Man, you can find us at liveletthrive.com. Definitely check us out on Instagram, TikTok. I'm trying to post reels every day on the Instagram page and on TikTok. Um, and then also you can find us, um, visit our link tree below us, hit the subscribe button, uh, and leave us a rating on iTunes, an honest rating on iTunes. And um, remember our masterclass is August 20th. All that stuff's our link tree. You can go and get grab your tickets today. And... We are having a huge ass meetup on August 23rd. We are already confirmed that 75 people will be there. It is going to be me, Steve, Mike. Al Fetty won't be there, but me, Steve, <laughs> Mike, Julie George, Will Slickers, Sean Rackages, uh, Noble, anyone, Amanda, basically, damn, there are a whole bunch of people that's been on this podcast before. Going to be on the Johnny. Oh, is he in? I don't know if he's going to be. He, he might, might be there. I don't up. know. He might come up. But yeah, it's it's huge. So definitely August 23rd. Definitely go grab that. I'm going to put the event right in the um, in the link tree so y'all can go click on that and check it out. It's going to be huge. Register for that. It is free. Don't want to miss it. August 23rd. It shouldn't be free. It should be 500 bucks a pot. But anyways, it should be that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> go to the masterclass and you get a free ticket to the to the meetup. There you go. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Peace. We let drive. Peace. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live Let Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye bye.